Hello and welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. This is our third episode of the fourth season of this podcast. And if you know me, you might know that I'm not always super organized. And it took, I guess, this long for Robin to kick my butt and say, you know, we need to, we need to have a little bit more of a schedule to this podcast so that people know when they can expect a new episode to be coming out. And I know that that's really important so that people know, you know, is it once a week? Is it once a month? What's it going to be? So over the last few years, we've been kind of pumping out 25 to 30, maybe even 35 episodes in a year. And I think what's going to work really great this year is to plan on two episodes a month So every second Friday is what we're going to be sticking to for the schedule moving forward. And what we've decided on is to alternate on those episodes between Reverend Robin King, who's sitting with me right now in the Bachelor United Church, where we're recording six or seven feet apart with our cup of coffee. And then on alternating weeks, we will be bringing on a guest. So that might be someone that I talk to over Zoom and record the conversation that way. Or if I can get together in person once it's safe to do that with people, Uh, then we can look at doing that too. So, hey, if you have someone in mind that you would love to hear speak on this podcast and have a Zoom call with me over, uh, you know, say 40, 45 minute, hour long conversation over Zoom, uh, I would love to to have those suggestions. So fire me an email, ben.storybrokers at gmail.com, or you can get in touch with us through uh, the risingspiritministry.com website. Our contact info is on there too or our Facebook page, and just give us a suggestion. We've got a few really great guests lined up already that are going to be coming on the show over the next few weeks. And like I said, today I'm sitting down with Robin. So Robin, welcome back on the podcast. Hey, Ben. Today we're going to talk about Lent. We're just starting into the season of Lent. Oh, we actually were, we were just talking about, you were just talking about Lent, really? I mean, really, it's a calendar thing, right? That's right. Isn't it? Well, like, it's, it's 40 days. It's scheduled. I was actually just, the, the thing about, it's, it's a funny thing because we, we have different ways of calculating it, you know, because it's 40 days. It's got to be for, the 40 days, right? Like the wilderness saying 40 is a big number in the Bible. Um, but we all calculate that slightly differently. So, for example, you may not know uh, that um, the season of Lent is 40 days starting on Ash Wednesday. And in Protestant traditions, that goes to Holy Saturday minus the Sundays. I'm already confused. Right. So you go to the sun, Saturday, the day before Easter, but okay. then subtract the Sundays because there's six, right? There's five Sundays in Lent right. and the sixth Sunday, which is Palm Sunday. And you subtract, you get 40, right? But Roman Catholics, Roman Catholics go to Maundy Thursday, which is 44, but then, and then subtract the Sundays, but then add back in Good Friday and Holy Saturday as fast days because they're not part of Lent, but they are fast days. Um, and then you get 40 again. So they have their own little twist. Wait, everybody has their own little twist on it, right? Um, but the, the 40 is important because the whole origin of Lent is that story of Jesus in the wilderness, right? Um, but but we also have, we've also traditionally had funny ways of, of helping us along with those things, right? Uh, when I was a kid, we had the coin. Actually, this is so old. I think the first one I had was nickels. <laughs> Might have been pennies, but I think it was nickels. Um, but it was a cardboard thing that folded and you open it up and it had a little slot for each day in Lent. And the idea was that you put a coin in the slot each 
for each day in Lent. And that helps you, first of all, that helps you track your days through Lent, kind of like a reverse Advent, uh, Advent calendar. calendar, right? Yeah, so yeah. instead of instead of getting chocolate like you do in Advent, you put money in in Lent. So you're giving something up <laughs> rather than getting something out, which is another characteristic of Lent too, right? The whole giving, giving something, something up, up yeah. thing. So and, hey, when you were a kid and you had one of these... Did your parents give you nickels to put in, or did you have to like smash your piggy bank Whoa. or something and, and use your own Ooh, money? That's a good one. That's a good one because I think initially, uh, well, I got an allowance, right, which might well have been a nickel. Um, but uh, <laughs> you're not that old. But it, uh, I, 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 it probably came from that initially. I, I don't, I, I don't honestly remember. I do remember that by the by the last time I saw one of those, it was quarters, right, and that was a while back. I don't even know if they're still made. If they are, they're probably like toonies. Um, but it, the idea was to put in a little something each day because that actually um, met a couple of the a couple of the criteria of Lent, right? So Lent is about uh, Lent is about prayer, fasting, and not just from food, right? It's also fasting from things, right? Um, and almsgiving, which is giving giving to the poor, right? Right. So that covered two of those. You were giving up something and you were giving money to the poor, right? Because that was the point of the thing. Mm. At the end of Lent, you, you hand in your card thing and then it goes towards, you know, some, uh, some important project or meaningful outreach or um, some, some community organization, right? Um, like, like I said, I don't know if they still do those. I mean, that was back in the day when they had, did they still do, does UNICEF still do the coin boxes at Halloween? When I was a kid, that was a thing. Yeah, but me the too. Lent thing, the coins for Lent, that I, was not never, a thing. But now I grew up in the United Church. You grew up Anglican, right? Yeah. So, so maybe that's again why. different traditions, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a different different ways of calculating the days. There's different traditions that go with you know whatever um, faith community you come from. Um, there's different, but they're they're all around. I I think they're all around ensuring that we follow the 40-day journey, right? Um, because it's an everyday thing. Uh, last year, in fact, I think I do this every, I, I do this every year. I, I do a little card thing that's the size of a, like a business card. And, and on it is how to read the Holy Week story each day, um, according to whichever gospel we're doing that year, right? Right. And, um, but but last year we also did a, a thing where we had like a little kit, a Holy Week kit, the point of which was to connect you to a piece of the story each day in Holy Week, mm-hmm. um, and that was only that that was only seven days. Imagine trying to get people to do that for forty, right? And and that can be that can be tricky. And so we came up with these different ideas and different ways of, of doing things. Um, one that I just saw recently that I'm um, we're going to share. Uh, with with our community and hopefully encouraging people to do this is uh, comes from Unitarian Universalist Church, and their idea was to have a calendar where you had a word each day, hmm. and the idea was to take a picture of something that you connected with that word or that that word showed that what that word meant to you, and then post that. So you had a forty day uh, journal of photos. That's a cool idea. Yeah, I, I think it's an awesome idea. Uh, and if you're somebody who's, uh, well, even if you're not that handy with your phone camera, you've got a camera on your phone. Yeah. It's not Everybody that hard. Everybody does. Take a picture. Uh, you don't even have to, their idea was that you, you post it to their site and, and everything, but you, you don't even have to do that. You, you just have to, you can, you can just do it for yourself because that's, that's the cool thing about Lent 
is that it's a community thing, right? It's, it's part of our faith community, um, but it's a way of approaching things from a very individual way. Um, and and that's, that's a really great thing because that's what Lent is actually all about. Mm-hmm. Um, Lent isn't really a community thing at all. It's not, it's not a, uh, a, not a way of bringing people together so much as a way of getting people to um, sort of look at themselves and then connect with people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we usually, we tend to organize things the opposite way. How do we create community? Well, let's bring people together. Mm-hmm. But, okay. But um, as, as Jesus frequently pointed out, um, you, can't, you can't love another if you don't love yourself. You can't care for others if you don't care for yourself, right? You can't, you can't act out the love which is in you if you don't know it's there, Right or or how it is there or how you might express it and that I think is uh, what Lent's all about. Um, we have a story that inspired Lent of Jesus going into the wilderness, where, as we know, he was questioned by the devil who looked suspiciously like Barack Obama, and had to answer very specific <laughs> questions with very specific biblical texts. Okay, sure. But even in the story, even in the gospel that tells the story that way, leaving out the Barack Obama part, uh, but that's really dating me, right? Because that was a show from, that was, that was the Bible, right? From, what, 10 years ago now? Um, yeah, I was thinking it was even older than that. Yeah. Anyway, even in that one story in the gospel where it very specifically says, you know, the you know, the devil came to tempt Jesus and these are the questions he asked and here's how Jesus responded. It says that the devil came to tempt Jesus, to test Jesus at near the end of the 40, near the end of his time in the wilderness, right? So what was he doing the rest of the time? I didn't realize that. I thought it was kind of just spread out throughout those 40 no. days. I guess I never really thought about well, it. It, well, and it says the, that it's... It's all about end, how we eh? tell the story, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and how, or how you know, let me say that differently. It's how you know the story because you may know the story because of whichever version you've in the, the, the gospels you've read, um, because the gospel stories are, are different. Um, this year we're, we're Mark, uh, we're in the gospel of Mark and Mark, uh, notoriously is, he cuts to the point and gets there. Right. It's like, I think the, the Lent story, the Jesus in the wilderness story is like four verses. It's like, there's hardly anything to it. Hmm. It's just, he's in, he's out. Um, the, the thing about it is that we, it depends first of all on how you know the story, not only from the gospels, but from how you've been taught it traditionally. Right. And that's where all of those other little things that we do come into play. And, and, the, the thing about Lent for me, though, is that it's, it, we, we treat it like it's, it's 40 days, it's a wilderness, an island of wilderness in the rest of our year, right? Where the um, rest of the year is all about um, holidays and events and dates that are about bringing people together. Like you think Jesus about- did this, Jesus did this, Jesus did this, and for 40 days, Jesus did nothing. Well, 36, and then he had to talk to the devil for four days. Uh, <laughs> however you want to calculate that or tell that story, um, I, I, even just as I'm saying that, that sounds so ridiculous, but, but really, um, what's the point of the story? And I think the point of this, especially when you see it in context, which is Jesus goes into the wilderness after baptism and before he starts his ministry. 
Huh. So, what if the point of the wilderness experience was simply for Jesus to find himself, or more specifically, um, to understand who Jesus is so that he can live that in his ministry? Right? Uh, even if, if you want to include the part about being tempted by the devil or tested or whatever language you want to use for that, um, again, it's, it's about Jesus knowing Jesus well enough to respond. Right? And if only we would spend that much time on ourselves, maybe hmm. we could respond to temptation the same way. Um, but uh, it's, it, that's, that's the thing about Lent, is that I think if you're, if you're going to observe Lent, you can't just go, um, I'm okay, I'm going to make a practice of, because practice is part of what Lent's about, I'm going to make a practice of praying every day. Um, I'm going to give up coffee. <gasps> I know, I was trying to think of something horrific for you. Um, give up coffee, and each day I'm going to put aside um, you know, a toonie so that at the end of Lent I can donate money to the church or to a community group or uh, to, to an organization that helps people in poverty. That's not enough. It's just not enough. But that ticks all the boxes, It Robert. ticks the boxes. But it's not enough. Um, the, well, really, the thing what, about yeah, it, what does what does putting aside eighty dollars on a little you know toonie a day and giving oh, up I'll something tell you what you it like? Does. What does it do for you at a deeper level? It makes you feel good. It makes you feel good because you give some money to poor people. What? Are you kidding? That that's but that's that's the thing is you've accomplished you've literally you've ticked the boxes so you can feel that you've observed a good Lent right mm -hmm. you've observed Lent um, but but that's not the point the point is like you just said how is this reaching you on a deeper level yeah that's and, religion without the spirituality and I think I think every like every day like three hundred and sixty five days of the year you ought to be thinking about that um, but Lent is a time set aside particularly to focus on that and so if you're going to adopt a spiritual practice a spiritual practice for Lent um, it should be something that um, is first of all it ha of course has to have meaning to you but it also has to have meaning to you in a way that draws you out right that gets you helps you know yourself better helps you understand yourself better, helps you understand how to live out the love that is in you, right? Like, what are the, what are the things in you? Uh, what, what, what ways, uh, what are the ways that love's going to get out? Yeah. Right? Which is because everybody has different ways. And yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. I was trying to think of a way of not saying words like skills or talents or gifts or, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But that's basically what I mean. <laughs> Excuse me. How are you going to share that love? Um, so first of all, you have to find it. Yeah, yeah. Get and then you have to figure out who you... And, you know, if you honestly, if you could do that in 40 days, we'd all be a lot better off. <laughs> Can you imagine? But you can't, um, which is why it's so important to remind people that Lent happens every year because mm. you need to... And you know what? If it doesn't have to be 40 days in Lent, it could be over the summer. It could be take a, take a day each week. That's one of the point. That's the point of Sabbath, right? Mm -hmm. The point of Sabbath isn't just for you to have a day off. The point of Sabbath is for you to spend the day reconnecting, connecting with God and how you know God in the world around you, right? Yeah. Um, again, that's, that's love, right? How you know love, how you know the love in the world around you, um, where, where you see it, where you don't see it, where it should be, where you could put it, 
How are you going to do that? It's it's time for time for self examination, exploration, so that you can learn uh, more about yourself and how you can live those things out. As the way you described that, Robin, just made me think of. I think I can talk about this because it's happening in a couple of days, and we're gonna. Uh, this is going to be posted probably after Valentine's Day. This episode, um, and I. I was in talking to Jackie uh, yesterday, and she showed me the postcard that you designed. Um, and it had a, a really well-worded, but so simple uh, in how it said, message on the back that says, you are loved, you are love. And then the third line, I think, was share that love or... Uh, I think so. Something about sharing, sharing the love. Embarrassingly, I can't remember that you found within um, yourself, right? But it's kind of that process that you're describing: getting yeah. get in touch with that love that is inside you, that you are literally from. Well, that love, and yeah. then, but until until you've done that, it's hard to go out and live that love and share it with others. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so that the idea that. Okay, so obviously one of the gifts or the ways in which I need to explore more about how I share love is involved, obviously that involves remembering things that I don't remember. Um, but um, the idea behind that was, uh, well, as you mentioned earlier, um, um, we, were, we were talking about um, one of the guests that we just recently had on the podcast, Bill Harder, um, talking about grief in the community. And um, uh, there's been a lot of that here that's why you had them on mm-hmm. um and um it's valentine's day it's and the thing valentine's day happens to occur on the sunday that is the last sunday of epiphany and then lent starts right after that right so i thought it was i thought it'd be a really great idea if we could just somehow send something to people that says you're loved um just so you know and you are love and, you know, share it and that kind of thing. So we did, we created a little card, right? And, um, and put it in everybody's mailbox basically. Um, and just so that people in the community would, everybody would get a Valentine basically. Mm-hmm. It's such a good idea. But, but the thing about it though, is that the timing of that is for, at least if you're somebody who is, uh, connected with a faith community, the timing of that is that, that, um, it's the end of Epiphany, the season of revealing, and the season of revealing ends with a story about um, Jesus being transfigured. He shines with a holy and sacred white light. Um, there's, you know, he's he appears with Moses and Elijah, and uh, there's a cloud um, and a voice that says, "This is my son. Listen to him," and and all that happens, and it's sort of the last Sunday of the season. Uh, that began with the star, right? So it's all about light and and everything and revealing the true light that's in you, right? And that happens to fall on Valentine's Day or the other way around. Not sure how to phrase that. But then <laughs> Lent starts, which is a season of self-examination. Yeah. Right? Um, and so I think it's it's always really important to remember that Lent is is a season that comes between the season of revealing how Jesus... Uh, revealing Jesus, how God is in Jesus, but also how that's in us, that God is in us, that light is in us, and the season of resurrection, right? Um, that that this is the season between those things, because 
here's here's my thing about transfiguration um the the thing about that story is that it's it's a great story it would be great with some special effects and you can you know cgi it and everything um but but you know jesus shines with the light there's the voice the sign of god the cloud is a, on the mountaintop is the sign of god right and the only people that witness that are uh, a couple of the disciples and they do of course, they're amazed. It's awesome, and you can just imagine they're like, oh, "We're going to tell everybody. This could be cool. We'll just we'll tell the new, we'll, we'll alert the media, and we'll <laughs> tell everybody." And and but then Jesus goes as they start down the mountain. Jesus goes, "Don't tell anybody until after the resurrection. Don't tell anybody about this." And you could just you know, just imagine them going like, "What? What do you mean? We what? We, I can't tell anybody. What do you mean? Don't tell anybody?" And see, I think. I think a takeaway from that story has got to be not just that Jesus is revealed, but that we too are. And in order to reveal that love and light that is us, we have to be vulnerable and we don't like being vulnerable. Mm. And, and I just, I imagine that story being a little bit about how, and Jesus saying, don't tell anybody. He, at first I thought, so Maybe he just felt that would make him vulnerable in a way that's not helpful now, right now. Wait until after the resurrection. And then I thought, okay, well, maybe the transfiguration isn't the truest revealing of Jesus. Maybe the resurrection is. Maybe that's what it's about. Um, and, but, but even for us, even for us, we, we find it so hard to reveal um, our, our inner self, right? Our truest self. We're afraid to put it, love. We're afraid of putting it out there mm. because, you know, it might get stomped. We could get hurt. It could go the wrong way. Things could happen. Or, or even worse, it could go the right way. And then what do we do? <laughs> you know, it, it, there's an element of risk there. And Jesus is all about risk, <laughs> Um, and putting love out there and because it's not about it's not about what you get back it's about the putting it out there right it's the revealing thing and, and how are you supposed to do that if you don't spend some time figuring out yeah. what's in you and what are the ways that you as an individual as a person are prepared to share that because everybody's going to be different yeah and you do need to spend some some uh, intentional time to figure that out. Yeah, do, maybe, for sure. Do you think that maybe part of the Jesus telling the disciples, you know, keep this under a tight lid, we don't want everyone knowing about this, was more about, you know, I want people to see me for the human part of who I am, not just the divine, and that there was this revealing of, like, this is my son, um, this is the son of God. If everyone knew that, then there isn't that faith component of like, we believe you on faith, not on like, well, I've seen the proof. Sure. Uh, it, well, he'd be constantly confronted with prove it. Yeah. Yeah. I hear these guys telling this story, prove it. They, they saw this, show us. In, yeah. in fact, in fact, it's made quite clear that in fact, people consistently did do that. Right. They, it, they, mm. they consistently, the, the point, there's a point at uh, one point, which uh, Jesus just kind of goes like, you just want me to do another trick. Yeah. You're just like, how have you, how do you not believe it, 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 You just, you just want to see me do another trick. 
Um, and I, so, yeah, okay. But 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 also, I wonder if I wonder I I wonder too if that th well that's a level of vulnerability right there anyway, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, prove it, uh, kind of thing. Um, but I also wonder if that isn't part of the conversation around Jesus being human and divine, right? If we get to see that Jesus is, is consistently displaying divine powers, how will we understand that Jesus is also human? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he yeah. wanted people to relate to him as, you know, I'm, I'm human, I'm like you, which to your point kind of reinforces that idea that um, what he, what Jesus is saying about God living inside of him, it also applies right. to all of us. So we actually have the reverse problem, though, right? Is that uh, we're, we're so busy being human, we don't Forget get in that. touch with our divine side. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and and that, again, that's part of what Lent is about, is, is, is being in touch with... Uh, being in touch with that, that inner divinity, spirit, yeah. that inner spirit, right? And and you can't do that. Um, you, you can't you can't like go away for a couple of days on a retreat and you're done. So for for it's those a daily of us, thing. yeah, and for on a practical level, what would be <laughs> like? How do you recommend that people observe this in 2021 in the midst of this pandemic? We're kind of already in in an extended wilderness journey of well, for a lot of us being in isolation. Okay, but maybe you can't just like quit your job and go sit in a tent in the desert for forty days. What do you do? Like, what if, what are you going to do this Lent? So um, the interesting thing about referring to it as a wilderness experience is that we then, of course, immediately assume that the point of wilderness experience is to go off by ourselves um, and just be by ourselves. But isn't the point of a wilderness experience to get away from what you are currently experiencing in order to focus on you? Yes. And if what you're currently experiencing is you're sitting in the same room day after day after day because you're not allowed to go out or connect with any other human beings, Lent is an opportunity for you to see a way to not do that. <laughs> Right. right. So, so that's that's why things like like focusing on you know checking the boxes, abstinence, uh, you know almsgiving, you know all that kind of stuff. Having you know being by yourself, um, that that's not always helpful. It can be a good start, but it's not always helpful. Particularly if the experience you are coming from is what we've all been experiencing for the last. In fact, I think you you uh, might have texted me this earlier that. Um, when we were thinking of talking about Lent today, that, uh, in fact, when the pandemic started, we were talking about Lent. Yeah. It's been a year. This is the second Lent conversation right. on this podcast during the pandemic. Yeah. And and last year, I probably would have said, so, you're going to be in isolation anyway. You might as well. And now, For a little 12 while. months later, <laughs> um, that is not only not helpful in retrospect, it was probably the, very much the wrong thing to say. Um, because... Because, in fact, what you need is to have a break from whatever it is that you're experiencing. Um, let me say that differently. You Disrupting need, you need your to, routine. Yeah. Right? You need to, to, to get away from the routine that is currently keeping you from knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? Or getting in the way yeah. of you knowing yourself. It's an obstacle. Right? And if that obstacle is your current routine exists of doing, well, nothing because you're staring at the window because you can't leave the room. 
you need to find a way to do something different. Yeah. Um, and there are ways to leave. There are ways to leave. There's reading a book. Um, you know, there's, there's creating a book there's, and, and that's, that's, those are the things that we tend to, I think we've traditionally kind of, when you go abstinence, you want to stay away from stuff like, um, things that tend to be, you know, creative or, or give you some sort of satisfaction or joy. No, <laughs> don't do that. Um, it, because, because then you're simply trying to strip away things like what's the, what's the deeper purpose there? Unless you're going to do something with it, just doing the, the, like giving up coffee does nothing On its own, for yeah. you unless you're prepared to do something with, with that giving upness. That's not a word, but you know, the absence of that thing. Yeah. yeah. So what are you going to do with that? What, what are you, how are you going to fill that absence with you? Which is why I think giving up things like, and other than the fact that it's a, uh, a practice, I, I'm, I, I have trouble with things like that being a spiritual practice. I know some people do find ways for it to be absolutely good on you if that's your way. But given how much we've had to give up in the last year, I, I, this might be an opportunity to, um, to look at that a little differently and instead look at the, the uh, isolation, the abstinence, abs, abstinence, <laughs> absinthe. Maybe absinthe is a way to go. <laughs> uh, no, uh, th th looking at those things is the things that now currently are between you and knowing yourself, right? Yeah. And so maybe you want to do something, you know, even if it's get out in order to go for a walk uh, in nature, like connect with nature, find a way to, and like maybe today, since it's minus, I don't know what, freaking cold, um, maybe today's not the day for that. Um, but... Um, you know, there are ways to there are ways to escape from whatever routine it is that you're in, in order to have that wilderness experience, that that um, awayness mm -hmm. that allows you to focus on yourself. I'm glad you used the word escape because that just earlier when you were talking, it brought up um, it made me think of a conversation that I've had numerous times with uh, Kelly where we've talked about how um, something like social media or even reading a book on its own is neither good or bad, obviously. So you can have something like reading a lot of books be this like wonderful thing that inspires you and gives you entertainment and stimulates your, your, your mind. Or you can read books as an escape from reality and as a sort of a numbing thing, right? And sometimes we, you can be halfway through a book and not know which, which one it is until you really reflect on that. And it's the same with social media. You could say, oh, I really got to get off Facebook. I really got to get off of Twitter and all these uh, platforms that are flooded with a lot of negativity lately and it's bad for my mental health. Or you can look at using something like social media to post a photo a day during Lent and it is the tool that that helps you to get in touch with so it's it's not the the thing the practice or the the habit or the um the behavior it's how you're using it and and, and really taking time to think about is this uh part of is this element of my routine helping me be more connected to myself and to my loved ones and to my community uh to my deeper self to my highest good 
or is it distracting from that because I'm just using it mm-hmm. to as a numbing thing? Yeah. And so, yeah, so something like Lent, it's like, it's not, like you said, it's not about ticking the boxes and saying, well, I gave this up. Well, so what? Yeah. Or I did this. Well, so what? Is it, it's, it can be very it in much, a way that is actually impactful? Yeah. It's, it's very much the, the difference between tradition and doing something the same way that you did last time, because that's how you do it. Right. Yeah. We've talked right? about that on the uh, podcast tradition, before. T- tradition is the... Uh, I think is a repetition of something because it's still meaningful or opens up new meaning. Um, If it's not, you're just doing it because you've always done it that way. And that's not a good thing. Which is a super common criticism of religion in general, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and and for, for good reason, a lot of, a lot of religious practices, if you asked, if you really pressed people to explain why they do them, a lot of people might not even know. Well, we just, that's just what we do. Let's just start with the Lord's prayer. Right, if you were if you're somebody who memorized it in in Sunday school, the odds are pretty good that you know you can just fire it off by you know, and 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 not really know what it's about or understand the meaning. Like, how many people do you know say the Lord's prayer slowly enough to savor every word and understand the meaning of each phrase? I don't I don't know many people who who do that. And, and not even I, I shouldn't say that because maybe there are, are some who maybe, do, but, sure. but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't know many people who do that No, because we and, learned it that way. And is there a meaning as in like, this is in quotes, the meaning, or is it something that in the saying of it, it means something to that person in that moment that is uniquely yeah. different and distinct from what it might mean to the same person reciting it the next morning. Yeah. Like getting in touch with what those words mean as you're saying them so that you're you're not repeating or reciting a prayer but you're creating that prayer yeah in that moment yeah actually uh, good choice of words there ben because i I was going to say one of the the things that um one of the things that i was thinking this year in particular and i think because we are coming to lent from this period of sort of isolation and and giving up things and Mm -hmm. and not being able to engage in doing many of the things that we like and particularly community oriented things but but um creativity um i think creativity is such an important thing in lent um, and, and so like, I, I, I would, if you're somebody who, who doesn't normally do Lent, um, I would, I would, wouldn't suggest things like giving up coffee or putting coins on a little card thing. I suggest things like, have you ever tried journaling? Have you ever tried like write a poem a day, like just anything, right? Just, or, or like the, um, uh, the idea with it, where you had a word a day and take a picture, do something like that, or uh, or write a little, write a haiku, right? Um, you know, the, 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 there's there's a form to that, and it doesn't really have to make sense, but um, just do something creative each mm-hmm. day that that allows you to connect with the fact that well that you are, and find the ways that you are most creative and the ways that are you, creative creative ways that mean the most to you. Um, you. You and I, for, you and I both know that there's. And in fact, I was just as I'm looking around here, we we know somebody who claims to not be creative at all, and yet our church is filled with their stained glass. <laughs> right. Um, and, yeah. and there's so many people who are like that where they say things like, oh, I'm just so not creative. And then they do something and you go, how can you not know you're creative? First yeah. of all, everybody is. Um, secondly, we, we did a we did a workshop uh, a little while ago 
oh, a few years now where uh, based on this idea of um, that 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 doodling can be a, a prayer thing, right? Or a form of meditation. Yeah, and a yeah. form of meditation. And and some people are just kinda like, but but it's doodling. It's it's literally like it's mindless wanderings of the but hang on, what if it weren't? What if it were you were able to like connect with your thoughts by just like doing little and and it became something different. People found a way um to connect with it. And 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 I, I this year in particular, I, I think doing something creative in Lent, um, you know, paint a rock a day, uh, mm-hmm. make a do a little drawing, make a make some art each day. I don't know something. You could write uh, one line each day of a like of a song. It doesn't. Yeah. Like it could just be. Why not? A phrase you like, and then at the end of the forty days, you look and you've got all the forty lines of, of, yeah. of whatever. Yeah, that you could turn into something. And the the idea is to connect with, um, not only what's speaking to you around you, but also where it's speaking to you. Right? Mm-hmm. Is like where what's what's in your heart? What's what's what are the ways that that can get out? And yes, once again, the tricky part of all of that is, uh, that requires vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think of all of the people who say they're not creative because probably at some point they did something that they thought was really creative and artistic and somebody criticized it, right? Mm-hmm. The, the famous, you know, and that's everything from the famous, you know, in kindergarten being told just to mouth the words because you can't sing <laughs> and you're ruining it for everyone else um, to, you know, you're doing a, a drawing in grade two and, and you're pretty sure it was a cow and no, the teacher said it was a cat. What? No, right and crushed for life right yeah. we're we're so easily dissuaded because because all of those things require vulnerability and when that kind of gets stumped on you're inclined to be less vulnerable and uh, love is the perfect example of that um and but but it's the thing that we need it's 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 what's in our heart like that's the whole point of jesus is to show us how to live that out Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's what made me think of that that the idea of the transfiguration story of, of Jesus feeling that's a level of vulnerability I'm not ready for yet, or that I don't think it's going to be useful yet. Yet, it will be, mm-hmm. but not yet. Um, and uh, I, I just it's uh, and, Lent and yet is a great was, time to explore that. And yet he was uh, he was willing to have that vulnerability with them. He just didn't want it to be with everyone. I right. think that's a significant part of the story because sometimes being vulnerable isn't about shouting from the rooftop, here's my deepest, darkest secrets for everyone to know. But it's okay to be selective in your vulnerability to say, like, this person who I really trust, who I'm really connected to, who I really have that, that love mm-hmm. relationship with, a spouse, a sibling, parent, child, a best friend, and starting with vulnerability in those yeah. relationships where you have that feeling of safety. Yeah, absolutely. Because how, how authentic is that vulnerability if, if you're just saying, well, I'm going to just be vulnerable with the world and I'm going to be vulnerable on Facebook and I'm going to be vulnerable on, yeah. well, is that authentic vulnerability or is that for attention? Is that, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you need to know, right? Um, and again, how are you going to need, how are you going to know? Unless you know yourself well enough to know. That's right. You have to first start with yeah. that 
internal and, and, reflection. And that's that's the thing. Um, uh, well, I'll, I'm just I'll I'll say by the way that the the interesting thing about Lent this year is that each uh, if you're so if you follow the common lectionary like we do this church, um, you are you are going to be reading each week um, from uh, from Hebrew scripture a story about uh, about covenant. Right. The first one is um, is uh, the rainbow, um, the covenant with Noah, and it moves through to um, uh, this Jeremiah and and um, God saying, "I'm going to create a new covenant," which Christians interpret as Jesus. Right. But I'm going to create a new covenant, um, and I will write the law on their hearts. Right. And if you follow that arc, basically it covers. Um, and, and covenants are about creating community, right? Yeah, in the Bible, they're, they're, uh, uh, you follow those. They start with, here's how we create community with a bunch of people. And that last one isn't about that. It's about how you create community by acknowledging who you are as an individual and how you're going to connect with others. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's, such a, that's such an important piece of the, of the idea of belonging, right? Is that belonging isn't just that you fit in because you can be like everyone else. It's that you bring a uniqueness that affects everyone else, just as you are affected by the uniqueness of everyone else in the group. That's what creates a sense of belonging in community, right? Um, and, and how are you, again, how are you supposed to know that? <laughs> Unless you spent some time um, wondering about yourself and mm-hmm. and exploring yourself and how you feel about things and what's what's truly in your heart, um, and it, for lots of people, and, and again, this is why Lent's such a great idea. Is for lots of people, I think we've spent so much time building walls around that mm-hmm. that we have trouble figuring out even how to access that, mm-hmm. and so. We have some things, you know, the things that we started at the very beginning here talking about how they tick the box. They do more than that if you use them in order to do that, right? If it's just, you know, something to do, that's different. But if you find a way to connect that to how to break through some of those barriers and get past those obstacles that allow you to get to who you are, so that you can know yourself better and know your relationship with God better and your relationship with others better. That's the point of Lent. It's about growth in those, in those areas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you said something that for me triggered uh, or reminded me of something that Bill and I talked about uh, in our last episode. And so, and I think this came from a book that he talked about, which is the title is escaping me now, but he talked about this concept of who I am as an individual or who, who I am at the soul level, where that shows up is not just in my own thoughts or in my own reflections, but it, it literally exists in the relationships that I have with others. So it exists in community. Mm -hmm. Ubuntu. In other words, yeah, and that's exactly yeah. same concept. So, and maybe that's what this author that Bill was referring to is even talking about. He might use that word, but so there's there's many different explanations of that same phenomenon. I mm-hmm. think, and I think Jesus was was trying to 
teach that to the disciples too, right? That, that idea that you spoke of earlier of living out that love, because that's, that's where we exist at the soul level is, is in the community. And so as you were describing this importance of this, getting in touch with your, your inner self at that deeper level, I think that we can, we can fall into assuming that we need to be alone to do that. We need to be alone with our thoughts and alone with God and alone with our reflection reflections. But it's also like for, in my own personal experience where I've had the most powerful revelations about my own, uh, the impact I have on others or on my own character or my own habits or on my own behaviors and uh, on who I am at that soul level is in those deep conversations that I have with the people that I really trust and that I really love um, and who, who have seen me at a deep enough level to, and have that vulnerability and trust with that they can say, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you see this, it might be a blind spot for you, but here's what I'm seeing. And then you explore that. Right. And so I, I think that, uh, and I know you're not saying, well, Lent is about being alone. You have to do it alone. But I think that culturally in, in our religion, in our, in our tradition of Lent, we can sometimes fall into that, that assumption that, you got to be alone to do it effectively. Yeah, which is which is uh, yes. Uh, in fact, hey, there's a there's a daily or weekly, I guess, but a daily uh, practice for Lent is uh, have a meaningful conversation with somebody you trust. Mm, be vulnerable that once would be a day. Really, for, yeah. Can you uh, imagine if we if all of us could just be vulnerable once a day <laughs> with one person, but for forty days in a row and like truly vulnerable? And what that could create in that one person's yeah. life, let alone the the people yeah. that you are vulnerable with, and the ripple effect of of that through yeah. those forty days. Yeah, and and uh, so it, it's also kind of interesting when we, like you just said, we we think of uh, Lent as being something to do by yourself or a solitude thing or you know aloneness. Thing. I'm not sure those things are the same thing. But anyway, the reason I'm not sure they're the same thing is because the interesting thing about that idea is that Jesus doesn't go to, into the wilderness by himself. He goes with the Spirit. Yeah. Right? Um, which, which is why, like, I, I can remember actually talking about, I think I did, I think I actually did a, uh, a sermon in, in chapel when I was in seminary uh, about um, this story. And, uh, and I, I did it like a uh, WWE ring announcer. Um, <laughs> because, um, because, like, this whole idea that Jesus and the devil have it out in the wilderness um, as if, you know, Jesus went unarmed. Right. Like it was a foregone conclusion. Jesus went with the Holy Spirit. This not, devil doesn't stand a chance. Um, and, and we forget that. We forget that, that however, whoever it is is telling the story, it ranges from goes into the wilderness with the spirit to, I, I forget who it, it might even be Mark, who says the, the spirit drove him into the wilderness. Um, and you can interpret that as go, or you can interpret it as, Hey, you want to ride? Um, however you want to interpret it, Jesus doesn't go into the wilderness by himself. Hmm. He goes knowing the spirit goes with him. Um, and that's, that's part of what we're working on. Right. And we are, we're trying to, uh, encourage people to understand that they're not just working by themselves they're working with God, with the spirit. Yep. That's that's the thing in Lent is it's not just about working on you, 
It's about working on your relationship with God and the spirit is helping you with that. Yeah. And, and, maybe... and with, 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 with God in the community around you. Right. Mm-hmm. And so for, for each of us, what that looks like is going to be different. Yeah. If for a lot of us, it might be that, that, that person that we have a, a strong connection to of trust and uh, where we feel safe and can be vulnerable is that is the relationship that you have with God. Yeah. It doesn't have to be your spouse or parent yeah. or sibling or, or friend. Yeah, but it could be. But it could be. Could be. And you th- could and have, that lots could of people be. have spiritual directors now, right? Right. Um, yeah. Or mentors. A life coach. Yeah, a life coach. Uh, it could be another person. It could be a spouse or a sibling. It could be um, uh, It could be a conversation with God, right? It, it Like, not not through a person but in or in a person, but just, you know, it, it could be any of those things that thing is only you know what's gonna work right Mm -hmm. and you might only find that out with a little experimentation also by the way um but but again it's an individual thing on that level and yet it has it's about an impact on the it's a community impact too right it's who i am not just by myself but in relation to others yeah um there is a very important relational aspect to lend Mm -hmm. for sure so in case anyone listening isn't familiar with that word Ubuntu, uh, you might have to correct me, but my memory of the translation of it is I am because we are, or I am because you are, or my existence is wrapped yeah, up in varies. my relationships with yeah. the people and community around me. Yeah. Um, I, I am I'm who I am only in relationship with others and... Um, um, I, I am who I am because of you. There's various ways that it's in, it understood, um, but but however, it's under, it's about community, right? That we yeah. are um, acknowledging our own uniqueness, but in the context of community. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's such a um, that's such an important thing um, because um, that's that's how you create community. Right, you can't have community without acknowledging the individuality of the people who are making it. Yeah, but them sharing it, um, respecting it, and being a part of it are what make it a community. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, well, this is probably a good place to to start wrapping up the conversation. But tell me, Robin, what? Um, what are you going to be doing for your daily practice this Lent? I I have a few things uh, that I am hoping to do. Um, I am hoping to uh, I am hoping to I am hoping to pray each day by writing something. Hmm. Um, I am hoping I'm hoping to actually do that thing with the calendar the with pictures. the pictures. The pictures. Yeah, I love to do that too. Um, I'm, That's a great I'm not idea. good at that, um, which is one of the reasons why I want to do it. <laughs> um, but I'm hoping to do that. Um, I, I, uh, we, we have a um, uh, a guide, a study guide thing that we're producing for Lent for for everybody in our community. Um, and and uh, that's that's around that the whole idea of the covenants and things. Um, that has some interesting ideas for each week and thing, things. So uh, maybe part of that. Um, I, I think for me, um, for me, Lent is one of those times where 
Um, for me, it's more about um, conversations with God uh, in the context of seeing what's around me rather than escaping from it. Um, so I'm one of those. Um, but but uh, if you're if you're also somebody who needs to escape from um, whatever the routine is that you find yourself in, um, this is an ideal opportunity to do that. And if you're somebody, for, and, and this is kind of like me with the picture thing, this is why I would do the picture thing. Um, if you're somebody who doesn't read much, pick up a damn book and start reading it. Um, <laughs> read me. a chapter a day. Or Ooh, if you're somebody who's never me. read the Bible, read read a chapter a day. Of the Bible, yeah. yeah just read, mm. you know, randomly pick, start somewhere and start reading. Mm. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, if you're somebody who spends way too much time watching Netflix, maybe take a break from that and read isn't a book. That, isn't that all um, of us? Or, or uh, if you're somebody who, uh, if you're somebody who really doesn't care for uh, social media, uh, maybe it's time to try something, like try reading a blog, listening to a podcast, uh, if that's not been part of your part of your uh, experience or routine. Mm-hmm. It's, um, <coughs> excuse me, I, I tend to find there's lots of people who will tell you that they think social media is a bad thing. Facebook is terrible, especially, you know. And and then I go, Are, you're on Facebook then? No. Have you ever been on Facebook? No. Then how do you know? And yes, there's some things that are bad about it. There absolutely are. But there's also some things that could be very good about it. Um, if you're somebody who's very uh, word-oriented, try something that's a little bit more visually oriented or experiential um, rather than uh, rather than just sort of, you know, reading the instructions. You know, try putting together some Ikea furniture without reading the guide. You know, I, it, I, I know that's starting to sound silly, but the point is, I think, absolutely valid. The thing about Lent isn't just to follow a practice that is meaningless to you. The point is to find something that is meaningful to you in a way that allows you to break down some of the barriers with yourself and get into you more, mm. right? And that there are so many different ways that you can do that. Yeah. Um, but but a, certainly a place to start is by trying something that you have not tried before. I think the reality of being human is that unless you're under the age of five or six, you kind of have a way of doing things that you mostly stick to. Like most yeah. of us are real creatures of habit because we, and and it's not to say that you're locked into that for life. Yeah. I mean, I look at the pattern that I'm in, in my day-to-day routine uh, of, of just myself as an individual or me and Kelly and the kids as a family. And it doesn't look exactly like it looked even a year or two ago, especially because the pandemic has changed so many things. But like even things with uh, meal planning, we kind of we kind of rotate through the same kind of suppers, right? Yeah. But did are those exactly the same meals that we would always have five years ago? No, they've shifted, they've changed gradually, though. But it's still kind of a, a routine, a, yeah. a rhythm. And, and we, we're in it more than we, th- we realize we're in it until you start to disrupt those routines. And so sometimes you need someone suggesting an idea that you never would have thought of on your own, like picking up the Bible and reading a chapter a day for 40 days. Uh, so, and I'm sure there's, there's just so many creative ways of, of, of disrupting the routine of the patterns that we're in without realizing that they're a pattern, yeah. right? But, but it, it's human nature. We are really 
good at following what works or what we've become comfortable mm. with. Yeah. And so uh, I think there's, it, it can be very fruitful to disrupt those patterns, disrupt the routine um, as a way of creating an opening into self, self-reflection and self-growth. Absolutely. And that's that really, I guess that's what Lent is all about. I think so. Well, I hope you have a wonderful 40 days of Lent coming up. Thank and you. that there are some openings created for you, um, for you and Lori, for any areas of your life that you end up looking at and having growth in and reflecting on. Thank you. Um, whatever it is, I'm sure we'll all get to enjoy the fruit of that as it ripples out into your life in our community and in our, in our church family. And also with you. Thank you, Robin. Yeah. This was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I hope everyone listening enjoyed it as much as, as you and I did. And uh, until next time, oh, oh uh, if you haven't already, if you're listening to this, and this is either the first time you've heard the podcast or you've listened to a few, um, but if you're not already subscribed, we would really love it if people would click on the subscribe button on your podcast app or on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We've also got these posted on our website, which is risingspiritministry.com. You can listen to them right on there. Uh, You can share your favorite episodes with people that you love on social media. So that's a a really positive, wonderful use of that tool. Um, But we would would love to have your help in growing our our audience and and just reaching more people with these conversations. Uh, And if you enjoyed it, then hopefully others will as well. Um, Stay tuned for our guest coming up in two weeks from today. And we hope you join us then. Until then, take care and be well.